strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! Let's just say it right off the top. When it comes to Thursday night football, the big red rage is where it's at. I mean, Dak didn't even make the trip to Canton, Ohio, and the Hall of Fame game tonight, okay? And uh, let's just say that the Cowboys quarterbacks who are slated to play are, well, anything but Hall of Famers. I mean, with all due respect, forget about Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush and Ben DiNucci DiNucci. I mean, these guys don't deserve (laughs) network NFL TV time. Are you kidding me? Paul, are you kidding me? Come on now. We all know it's the Hall of Fame game, Paul. Go out there, get a couple of reps, and sit down and be quiet. Besides, you're going to be able to see the Cardinals get after those Cowboys QBs one week from tomorrow night. How about that? Yeah, I like that right there, Paulie. Yeah. But you know what? Preseason football, man, Paul, it's back. Yep, it's I'll take back, it. man. You better believe we'll take it. I'll take it. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Paul Calvisi here. Ron Wolfley there. Soon to be joined by Byron Murphy Jr. Wolf, can we call him the best corner on the Cardinals roster? Um, Not yet, Paulie. No, I'm not going to. Byron Murphy is a guy that really developed an awful lot, I would say, in year two. And you have to remember, once again, how Caddy Wampus, his career path has been when you consider the pandemic and what we've been through, all of us, over the last 18 months, I would say, in particular. This is very, very unusual, as we all know. Byron Murphy, I think this year, this is the year he's really going to assert himself, whether he's playing inside or out, Paul. Can you define that real quick? What was it again? Caddy Shackus? What was it? Caddy Wampus. Caddy Wampus. Everything's disjointed. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we'll get into Byron Murphy, obviously. That's coming up. TikTok. By the way, Wolf, real quick, practice today. Uh, If you want to talk defense, and we're going to talk defense the first half of the Big Red Rage, and then we'll get to the offense the second half of tonight's big show. Uh, Did you happen to see the, well, the near brawl that broke out? Now, I don't want to, I mean... (laughs) Nothing, nothing like what um, the Giants just dealt with. Right, okay? exactly. Paul. Where's a full team brawl, and then Joe Judge went just crazy, and uh, because there was Danny Dimes at the bottom of the pile. Don't embellish, and, Paul. Okay, but we, hey, we had a little bit of rooting, tooting, a little bit. I mean, there was some near womping and stomping. Marcus yeah, Golden, of course, <laughs> against Darrell Daniels. Of course, it was Marcus Golden and Darrell Daniels. Guess yep. what? Two dogs. Go figure. <laughs> yep. You can that see was that good coming stuff. a mile away, Paulie. Yeah, it and, got it got close. It got close, but it wasn't a full-on fight. 
I had my cell phone video rolling because they were lined up to meet each other in the next round. They were coming through, and they were going to meet each other in the next rep. And then the coaches pulled out Darrell Daniels and said, no, 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 no. Let's send somebody else up against Junkyard Dog right now. We don't need this heavyweight fight at this point. Paulie, the biggest thing about that that drives me crazy is people just don't understand. And I get it because, you know, you think fighting is bad. It's bad. And, and I get it. It is bad. You want to, you know, you don't want your kid out there brawling and stuff like that. You don't want that. It is bad. Treat people with love and respect and treat them better than yourself. That's what you want your kid to do right there. But when you're on a football field, Paulie, and you're playing in the National Football League, can I tell you right now that that brawl fighting actually relieves a lot of tension, a lot of pressure, a a lot of angst that is built up in that locker room. It actually relieves it. And then what happens is you hug the guy after you're done and the mutual respect that goes on, not only between the guys that brawled, but everyone else that was standing around or may have been involved. Suddenly the mutual respect, it goes up, not down. Isn't that, Paul, I mean, Uh, that's uh, weird, man. I get that. It's weird, but it's truth. And I'm all about that, with the exception of your franchise quarterback and a former top 10 pick at the bottom of the pile. So you can't have that. There, there are Dimes. limits. Danny Dimes. When Danny Dimes is Daniel down Daniel Jones down yeah. at the bottom of the pile. Yeah, you know what? But okay. the respect that his teammates have, that he jumped into the pile? Oh, Matt, it cannot be measured with human hands. All right. So, look, a year ago, the Cardinals, speaking of the defense, got Isaiah Simmons. And you know what? The biggest question you had this time a year ago, I think is the one question Isaiah Simmons answered, that he is a dog. He will get in there. He will stick his face mask in there, and he does not hesitate to go in and make a big hit and be physical. And now the Cardinals think they brought in another guy to pair with him in Zayvon Collins. And by the way, did you see the Isaiah Simmons press conference today? And we're going to hear from him in a moment. Did you hear the comparison that he made to Zayvon Collins and what they hope to be, that they can be Devin White and Levante David and more. Mm. Wolf, have I not been citing the Tampa Bay linebacking crew, those inside linebackers, as the key to their Super Bowl? Paulie, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I think Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins are maybe the most talented linebacking duo in the league. Now, the question is, can you play? That that's what we gotta see. Yeah. We gotta see you yeah. play and make plays and develop into the kind of talents we think they are. One plus one has to equal three. And Isaiah Simmons was asked about the early returns on pairing up with Zaven Collins. He's a smart kid. Me and him, we kind of clicked very early. You know, I, I feel like as a player, you know guys that you're like compatible with on the field and whatnot. And me and him are definitely compatible. So. Everything's been smooth sailing so far. Uh, We're both still learning, still. And look, he admitted it's been a challenge because Isaiah Simmons has had to learn multiple positions. What did Bill Davis, the inside linebackers coach, tell us here on the Big Red Rage in the offseason? They used him at six different spots a year ago, didn't they? Yeah, they did, Paulie. And once again, you know, we can sit here and argue whether or not that really helped him or not. And maybe in the long run, it will help him. But in the short term, I don't know if that was the best way to approach it. That's all I'll say on yeah. that. But I do well, know this, Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, they look good so far. And, and you had Devondre Campbell last year. And so you know, if you're going to put the best guys out there, Devondre Campbell was the best weak side inside linebacker. Yes. Was he not? Yes, he was, Paulie, no doubt. S- 
So then you tried to find a spot for Isaiah Simmons because the kid is a playmaker and obviously has the talent you talk about. So now if you compare him up with Zayvon Collins. And, and it's interesting, that pairing, he was asked further, Isaiah Simmons, about Zayvon. And, um, you know, the whole thing about clicking and whether that includes off the field. And, and Isaiah was pretty honest about what he thought initially when it came to Zayvon Collins. I actually told Zayvon this. Um, I didn't think me and him were going to be good friends when he first got here. I thought he was going to be a weirdo, but uh, <laughs> turns out we're actually like really good friends. So uh, we, we spend a lot of time together, go to dinners and stuff. Uh, y- y'all saw his interviews. I mean, <laughs> so I, I just wasn't sure. So, but uh, you know, everything's turned out well. Like that's that's my guy now. And if you didn't that see is... the interviews on draft night, um, let's just say Zayvon got very emotional. Yeah, boy, that is Paul. That's incredible to hear Isaiah Simmons <laughs> actually articulate that. He didn't think they were going to be good friends, right? That uh, that is uh, very unusual to hear right there. Listen. I think Isaiah Simmons, Paulie, could be the most improved player for the Arizona Cardinals this year. Mm. Now, let's all hope that'd be a really, really good sign if, in fact, he does develop the way that I think he will. But, man, I'll tell you, Paulie, that is the one guy right now who's got so much talent. He's got so much upside. The skills that Isaiah Simmons has you got to be able to bring him to bear, man, on the field. you got to be able to step in between those white lines and produce with all of that talent right there. And if he does, with all of that skill, all of his talent, Paulie, can you imagine just how impactful Isaiah Simmons will be if he reaches and plays to his skill level and his talent? Now, you've been watching practice, and I know you have noticed how there have been three inside linebackers out there quite a bit lately. Paulie, With Jordan Hicks joining yeah. Zayvon Collins. And now my understanding, digging a little bit on that, uh, was part of an install. That's a section or chapter in the playbook. And so, you know, they're installing different facets of the defense at different times. So they have them at their disposal. Oh, maybe just maybe that might be a really good package against Tennessee and Derrick Henry. Ding, 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 ding. Paul, you win the prize right there. And it might not be bad against Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings True. as well. I'm just saying, Paulie, it makes a lot of sense because the Tennessee Titans right now, I'm telling you, they're going to line up in 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, or 13 personnel, one back, three tight ends, with Derrick Henry in his toes at eight, and they're going to hand off the ball and attack the line of scrimmage. And you're not going to run out there with a nickel package. You're not going to run some nickel package out there, Paul. You're going to go out there, and you're going to have a 3-4 defense. With Chandler Jones on the outside, on one outside, you'll have Isaiah Simmons probably on the other outside, and then Jordan Hicks inside with Zayvon Collins. I think you've got to have this personnel group at your disposal going forward for teams that are going to run power personnel packages out onto the field. How much do you think preseason is going to help Isaiah Simmons, which he didn't have a year ago, and Zayvon Collins? And look, I'm of the opinion, I think everybody has more reps, the better, but it's going to be so vanilla in the preseason. So I'm curious just how prepared or how shocking might week one be for these guys? You know what, Paulie, yeah, honestly, uh, I think the the week one proposition with the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry and their play-action game, oh my goodness, <laughs> the Without a doubt, the toughest position to play in that game is inside linebacker. Yep. Whether it's weak side or the yep. Mike backer ball, that's brutal. The biggest question mark on this team right now is inside linebacker. I think just the risk-reward involved. All the talent, but 
what kind of growing pains and rookie mistakes might there be. As Corey yes. Peters told the media yesterday, it's not just making the calls and the corrections and the sets. You've got to do it instantly as a team is coming up to the line of scrimmage. With checks. Hey, Byron Murphy is next on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. over the middle, caught by Sims at the 45 and dumped immediately by Murphy. Job right there, Byron Murphy in man cover. Byron Murphy really growing. Throws it. End zone near side. Broken up by Murphy. Was there against Taylor. Byron Murphy, one-on-one in the back of the end zone. Made a play on the ball. Here it is. Fourth and five for the Niners on the 16 of the Cardinals. Garoppolo to pass. Throws to the right side. Incomplete. Murphy steps in front of the receiver and knocks the ball down. The Cardinals take over on downs with 33 seconds to go. Byron Murphy makes a play on the pig. Oh, that is big time. What a play by Byron Murphy. Hey, who says on defense you can't make plays? I mean, Ron Wolfley, let me hit you up right here, right now on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Before we get to our very special guest, look, there are a couple of axioms in football. Yes, this is an episode of Let Me tell you oh no about football okay you got to get to the quarterback right yes you got to have a quarterback obviously check uh and then guess what would you say it's a passing league it is a passing league so then the other way you try and stymie a corner a quarterback is having that cornerback correct correct so if you're a gm you covet in the draft the quarterback the guy who can get to the quarterback the guy who can protect the quarterback and then the cover cornerback. The cornerback, Paulie. Mm. Why are you saying all this, Paul? Because our guest on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert, Byron Murphy yeah. Jr. <laughs> Here. How, how's camp going so far? How are you, Byron? Man, I'm doing good, you know, just taking, uh, taking it day by day. And like you said, camp's going great, you know, just coming in with a mindset every single day. Like I said, taking it day by day and just getting better with my teammates as we uh, go on the field and work. You know, really didn't have an offseason last year. How about this offseason? How did it go for you? Uh, it went great for me. You know, I got to go with uh, my boy C. Kirk and Chase. We went to L.A. to train, so kind of get away from Arizona for a little bit, go experience something different. Um, Got to the gym, you know, worked out with them for probably about a month. So, you know, we got some good teamwork uh, together. And then obviously, you know, we got to work in. But it was a great experience for me. First time leaving Arizona for off-season workout. Did you leave for a vacation? Did you get any mental health? Did you get away from football this oh, offseason? Oh, man, I had to. You know, that's something I got to do after the season. You know, just go somewhere, a quick little trip, either just with somebody on the team or, you know, a family trip. But, yeah, I kind of got away a couple of times, you know, just clear my mind, go, on that, go to the ocean and chill with my son. I was going to say, Byron, if you are going to kick it, how do you kick it? You know what I mean? If you are going to kick it back and go on vacation, what do you do? Where do you go? Uh, sometimes, you know, I got to go somewhere kind of close unless, I, you know, it's a trip with the boys. You know, I, if I go somewhere close, I always got to bring my son. So I'll go to California with him, you know, Disneyland, go to the beach. He likes being in the water. So that's kind of, you know, those are trips I take with him. I mean, he grew up here. He probably goes to San Diego, Wolf. You know, I mean, like everyone <laughs> yeah. else, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, since high school. Yeah. When you're on these trips and Chase is on the trip, uh, how often do you guys start debating sports? How often do you start arguing about the NBA and other things? Oh, man, Chase thinks he's right every single day. So I got to <laughs> – Gotta make sure I'm on him every day. Even if he if he just chilling, I'm gonna bring something else just to you know just to get on his nerves. But yeah, Chase is that guy that always think he's right. But you know it's a lot of fun with him because as he argue, he's funny. He gonna bring something else up. So then we gotta go back to two years ago or something like that. That's fantastic, man. Byron, what is it like? 
to actually play professionally in the city you were born in. What like is it I like? Said, it's, a, it's a whole dream come true. You know, I've been obviously in Arizona really my whole life, moved a couple of times. But, you know, the Cardinals always been someone I always watched. I always have players who I've always looked up to. So, you know, just to come home and have my family here, there's nothing better, you know, you could ask for. Obviously, you know, go, coming out of college, you know, I was trying to get closer with my son. So that was just, a, you know, another step to make, you know, that connection better. So just staying home is a blessing, you know, never take it for granted. Byron Murphy is our guest here, and uh, it's all about you, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. When you were growing up, did you have a favorite Cardinals player? When you were a star at Suara, was there a particular player or two that you really enjoyed watching? Oh, man, you know it was Pat P. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That's easy. You know it was Pat P. That's just someone I try to, uh, you know, watch his film, pick my game up off him, pick his brain when I got here. Even before that, I tried to pick his brain because I didn't know I was come, uh, coming to the Cardinals. So, you know, that was someone I just always watched. And obviously when Tyron Matthew was here, I watched him as well. So when you were talking to Zach Allen, he said when he was at Boston College, he used to study J.J. Watt's tape. He worshipped J.J. Watt. He's like, oh, when you were drafted by the Cardinals and you got that maybe that first text from Patrick Peterson, was that a sort of welcome to the NFL moment for you? Man, that made me just sit back and realize, like, bro, I really just, you know, I really just got my name called. I'm really going to play professional football with Pat P. It just, you know, it was something that was very emotional for me, obviously, because, you know, like I said, being the hometown guy, I got drafted home. And obviously kind of having a connection with guys from college like Buddha, Zeke, Darrell that went to UW, I wasn't coming into a locker room that I really didn't know. I know a couple people, you know, I knew Pat P a little bit, but it was kind of more, you know, it was kind of me just thinking, you know, I had some brothers on the team already, so I, kept, I kind of felt more comfortable. Just listening to you talk over the last couple of minutes about Pappy and Tyron Matthew, of course, is that why you changed your number to number seven? Is that why you went with number seven, knowing that that's what they wore at LSU? Uh, you know that you know that number seven just is special. It looked good, so I kind of <laughs> you know I kind of went to you know I was seven in Saguaro. I, I transferred to Saguaro my junior year. I wore seven. That's when I really kind of. I had kind of changed my life in a way, I would say, you know, having coach, like Coach Mons kind of changed me. I had C. Kirk there, that, you know, I went under his wing. So I think that was the year I really changed my mindset to everything and wanted to actually, you know, play football because I was a hooper. But that junior year really made me realize that I want to take the next step in football. When you were at Swarrow, so you were teammates uh, at one point with Christian Kirk, DJ Foster as well, or was he different? I mean, you guys just must have clown teams with all that talent. Man, you know, I was when I transferred there my junior year, C. Kirk was a senior, but DJ was there before I got there. But obviously, I know what DJ did, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, that was all over Arizona, and I was just like, man, who is that guy? And then, you know, obviously, I had a chance to meet him as well. Uh, he came to our Saguaro practice, came to Saguaro game. So that Saguaro uh, football family is always, you know, that's for life. Byron, you're going to play in both spots. You're going to play in that slot. You're going to play that nickel corner position. And from time to time, I'm sure you'll be on the outside, on the perimeter as well. Do you have a preference as to where you'd like to play, inside or out? Uh, my thing is put me wherever the best receiver is. I don't care if it's inside or outside. I'm just trying to go out there and compete. I can play wherever. How's your confidence right now? It sounds sky high. Yeah, confidence got to be key this year. I came in every single day making sure my confidence was high, you know, coming in every single day, you know, coming out here playing the sport I love. So just coming out here trying to bring that energy. You're going to see me dancing at practice, you know, not even trying to play around, just bringing that energy for the defense, just trying to, you know, like I said, keep my confidence right, just keep keep talking to myself as we go through the whole day of practice. What's What do you got to work on? What do you think you need to get better at? 
a lot of stuff. I would say more more to myself, you know, just communicating more so that make make sure the whole defense on the uh, the uh, same page, you know, being that nickel, you got to make calls, you got to, you know, do all that kind of control things, the checks and everything. Um, technique, you never can, you know, you can never get, you know, tech, enough uh, technique. Work. Right. So that's the one another biggest thing, just making sure, you know, at DB, you got to make sure your eyes is right. Look, we know you have the athleticism, you have the skill set and the measurables. Uh, we remember you were taken atop the second round 2019, and Steve Kime admitted, hey, we sure. had Byron Murphy top 10 on our board. Mm-hmm. And so, but when we see you make a play in camp, like we've seen multiple times when you have that closing speed and you'll knock down a pass on a drag or what have you. How much of that right now is mental in your recognition skills and having been on the field for two seasons in the NFL, especially your rookie year where you were thrown in immediately with a suspension to Pat P? Exactly. I could see a big difference, uh, bigger steps in my game, you know, seeing routes, seeing combinations more quicker and faster and get to, you know, letting my linebacker know, hey, you got to scoot over top, I'm going to go low because I know a crossing route or mesh route is coming. So I'm glad I got to experience that many uh that many plays in my rookie year, you know, year two still same thing. I'm so I'm so thankful I was able to, you know, go out there and play that many snaps because now, you know, I'm seeing things clear. I can help out the guys, you know, that kinda, you know, when I was a rookie how I seen it, how they probably could see it right now. Just a lot of stuff going on. So now I just take that as a chip on my shoulder. That way I'm just ma- making sure I'm trying to communicate every single play. I mean, Byron, you're the corner with the most experience in Vance Joseph's defense. Are you not? I hear you are in your third year and you're like the guy they're coming to. Yeah, I think I am, but that boy, <laughs> Malcolm here now, he a vet vet. <laughs> yeah. That's my guy, yeah. Man, I want to talk to you about Malcolm Butler in a moment <laughs> here, but you, you mentioned Pat P and the leader that he was. Of course, we all understand that. Who do you lean on now for guidance now that Pat P's gone? Man, it's really – I can't really call someone, one person that's really leaning on each other in the whole room. You know, obviously we got Buddha Baker – He's a big-time guy for us. You know, he's a leader of the defense as well. So you kind of lean on Buddha if I give out an individual. But as a whole, it's just, you know, you got to lean on each other as a whole. Everybody in our room, we just got to make sure we all communicate with each other, bringing that energy every single day. Just like Wolf leans on me for football knowledge. And I was oh, telling him. Stop it, Byron. Just the other day, Byron, I was telling him. <laughs> Don't laugh at that, Byron. Look, look, at, that <laughs> look, look, at, this, look at this cornerback group and, and look at their ability to tackle. I mean, you talk about corners and everyone talks, okay. Yeah. Again, but now, oh, I mean, Wolf, did you not learn right away from Byron Murphy that oh, hey, yeah. he doesn't hesitate? Byron Murphy can tackle. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. we had Malcolm Butler a year ago, 100 tackles for Tennessee. Robert Alford, you know he's going to fight you. Dog. He's a dog. What does that do for a defense when the corners not only are willing but are able to tackle? That just brings that extra juice to the game, you know. Some teams that we play like to make the corners tackle, so we got to let teams know that we're here, we can tackle, and that's the biggest step. We come to practice making sure we're all flying to the ball. So when it comes to the game, we just know, you know, that's what we do. Is that something you guys talk an awful lot about? Do you take pride in that, obviously? Is it something that is common knowledge inside that DB room? Oh, yeah, we got to take pride in that because usually big plays happen outside, you know, the sideline. So we got to make sure everything stays inside our shoulder, inside our shoulder, and making sure we turn it back so our help defense. So if it's a big play, that's on us. Well, look, Vance Joseph, your D coordinator, brought it up on his own with the media. It, just the ability. Look, you're not going to prevent every catch in the NFL. You're just not, especially yep. with the rules and they cater to the passing game. But if you can prevent yards after catch, that's going to go a long way, right? Yeah, that goes a long way because, you know, first night they catch the ball at five yards. You got to make sure we come down and make a hit. Everybody stay on their side of the ball. 
And, you know, like I said, once they catch the ball, a lot of people in the NFL, you know, they fast, they can move, they're going to juke. So we just got to make sure we all get to the ball, make sure he's not getting no extra yardage. Byron, talk to us a little bit about this defense and where you think this defense is going to be good and why you think this defense is going to give some offenses problems. Uh, you know, I think we're taking a step every single day. You know, I don't think we were where we want to be. I don't think we, we reached our goal yet. But I think, you know, once we all get on the same page, we all, you know, like I said, communication is the biggest thing. Once we keep taking those uh, bigger steps every single day, I think we're going to have a great defense. And I'm just, man, I'm just ready for, you know, the season to start so we can show everybody what we're about. All right, so we're wrapping it up here with Byron Murphy, Cardinals cornerback. Uh, but it goes beyond football, all right? The business side of things and his passion, Wolf, is fashion. Now let's yes, let's admit well, it. You, that's what that's what I have in common with Byron. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If yeah, there's anybody true. you can need help in that department, we're going to set up a consultation. <laughs> you with Wolf in that regard. I mean, it, it isn't a Cardinals camp for the last 20 years without Wolf wearing the camo shorts. Okay. If you have a camo, it's fashion pretty bad, line, Byron. Wolf it's will bad. Be in the, yeah, it's uh, tell us about your venture. You know, kind of growing up, I always, you know. I told my mom, you know, I want these Jordans, a fresh pair of shoes. I want these clothes, you know, everything, anything that was hot, you know, I want it. And I just always tell myself, you know, whenever I could put my mind to, I kind of want to come out with my own clothing line or just something to do with fashion. I don't know what it is, but one day I was just sitting there, you know, thinking about stuff. And then I was just thinking about my son, just kind of trying to be creative. Uh, and I named my clothing line Seven Hearts, and my son has seven letters in his name. And I was obviously seven in high school. Seven is a lucky number, you know, all those type of good things. But... And then one day I just came out with some designs, had my uh, brother draw some stuff up, and, uh, you know, some seven with a couple of hearts and stuff like that. So I just kept going with it, kept going with it. So now that, I, you know, I talked to a couple of people, uh, got a connection with somebody at a factory, and now I'm about to actually drop my clothing line this, uh, in the middle of this month. Wow, man. That is That is big time right there. Do you know how you're going to distribute it? Where? I'm thinking for sure going to do like a, if we have time whenever the right time is, you know, but uh, trying to do a pop-up shop out here in Arizona. Uh, I'm not sure the exact location, but I'm going to make sure I share it on Instagram before I let, uh, do it, before Man. I drop it. I mean, I'm seeing a YouTube video, azcardinals.com perhaps, Ron Wolfley, extreme makeover. <laughs> you <laughs> yes, come out sir. there to the pop-up shop, Wolf, and you, you get hip. We got some broadcast, some television broadcast too. I might need a little, a couple of tips actually, Byron, if you're all right on that. Oh, yes, sir, for sure. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's, uh, and you mentioned all the UW guys. I, I got like a half dozen UW guys in this roster, and then there's one Washington State guy, and that's Jalen Thompson. Yeah. Uh, he's outnumbered, isn't he? Yeah, he's way outnumbered. He knows that. Byron, he's outnumbered. <laughs> Dude. We're expecting big things from you this year, man. Thank you for joining us. We really do appreciate it, buddy. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys as well. All right. right on, Byron. Look yes, forward sir. to it. Special thanks there. Byron Murphy, Jr., Cardinals cornerback, joined us for a few minutes here on the Big Red Rage. We'll continue on the other side. Cards Camp 2021. Uh, it is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Jet sweep, Rondell Moore will get the first down and much more. How about this kid? I don't think they can catch him. Moore, touchdown. This is the move right here. Boom, foot in the ground, cuts back, and then there's the speed to be able to get to the outside. You're not going to catch him out there. Moore in motion. They get it to him. Moore in space. A burst of speed. A first down for Purdue. He's still going. Underneath, Rondell Moore bouncing off the tackler, and there he goes. You are watching a burgeoning star 
in college football in Rondell Moore. 2018, he was a true freshman, an 18-year-old, and was a consensus All-American. Rondell Moore. And man, has he flashed more than once at Cardinals camp so far. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Ron Wolfley, Paul Calvisi, and Wolf, uh, this might be bad news for you. But uh, I do have a nickname for Rondell Moore I will debut in a few moments. <laughs> in a few moments, you're yeah. going to nickname Rondell Moore. That is, that is correct. Okay, Paul. But first, just a quick thought or two on Byron Murphy. Uh, you know, as we wrap up that segment there, man, what a pleasure to be joined by the Saguaro guy. right? I, I mean, going into his third year, Vance Joseph is incredibly bullish on the camp. Byron Murphy is having the sort of season that might be in store for him. I loved it. when we. I think you asked him, would you rather be inside or outside? And his answer was, just put me where the best wide receiver is. Yeah, That was yeah. – you, you can sense the confidence. And when he talks about here in year three – that he can make pre-snap adjustments because he can recognize based on formation and personnel groups, he anticipates what's coming now. So you combine the athletic skill set and the measurables with you know the mind now in two years of getting a lot of reps against NFL offenses, and yeah, this could be a breakout year for Byron Murphy. There's no doubt about it, Paulie. Honestly, right now, this is year three for Byron Murphy, and he's got an offseason now, and he's got... Uh, <laughs> Kind of a a still a a weird off season for Byron Murphy, but for the most part, this is a guy that I think is going to by leaps and bounds take off in year three right here. I think the 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 cornerback room is so interesting because it could be so good, or if they get nicked up, boy, hold on to your butts because they yeah. got three guys that I really feel good if you can run those three guys out there right now. And Robert Alford, of course, Malcolm Butler, and Byron Murphy, man, you feel really really good about your nickel package right now if you're the Cardinals. Used to be everyone would say, oh, you need three corners. I'm not so sure here in 2021 you don't need four. And and Marco Wilson might get a lot of run. Uh, you know, he's the guy who's ahead of Tay Gowan right now in terms of the young guys. We'll see. Dark West Denard is sure. in the mix and, and Daryl Worley. You know, there's room, you know, for guys to make an impression and that's what the three preseason games are for. There's there's no doubt about that and there's no doubt. Well, I mean, those three starters that you named, Alfred and Byron Murphy and Malcolm Butler, those guys will tackle. And, and I think that will make a difference in the Cardinals' defense. What do you think? No, you're right about that, Paulie. You have to. You, you've got to be physical overall. This is one of the things Steve Kime wanted, one of the things he recognized in the offseason and said, we've got to get more physical. Well, you know what? It's not just in the box where you have to get more physical. You've got to get more physical in the secondary as well. And when you went out and you got Malcolm Butler, you got more physical. There's no doubt about that. If Robert Alford can't stay healthy, you've got more physical. Byron Murphy, one of the best tacklers in that secondary. So I'm I am bullish. When you throw in Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson as the safeties there, I am bullish on that secondary, Paul. All right. Speaking of staying healthy, uh, guess what? There was opportunity today for some of the receivers, in particular Andy Isabella. And I mean, when you think that D Hop had a veteran day, when he, AJ Green still dealing with what Cliff Kingsbury calls a minor deal. Christian Kirk was suited up, but he really just warmed up, and that was it. And then Rondell Moore left midway through practice, a precautionary deal, what what uh, Cliff Kingsbury said after practice, and boom, there was Andy Isabella getting a lot of reps, 
making some good impressions. He had two long touchdown catches. Yes. Uh, you know, in fact, I got some video of it. If you at Paul Calvisi on Twitter, you can see the second one from from Kyler Murray who was on the run. But Dang. Uh, that is the sort of exposure and the kind of performance that Andy Isabella needs at this stage of his career, right? Yeah, there's no doubt, Paulie. Listen, they need those two guys to really step up. Rondell Moore with his speed, of course, and Andy Isabella. Andy Isabella is going to make this team, in my opinion. He's going to make this team. Andy Isabella is a guy, maybe he's the number five receiver, but you know that Cliff Kingsbury loves 10 personnel, four wide receivers. They're probably going to keep six wide receivers on this team, right? I think Andy Isabella is probably going to be one of them right there. Did you notice they got him back on kickoff return? They're going to give him every opportunity to receive the ball and return kickoffs. I think that's probably a good move right there because he's probably looking at being the number five receiver on this team right now. So that might actually be a good spot for Andy Isabella. Had a great practice, as you said today. It was very interesting to me that around, uh, I don't know, probably 10 minutes left in practice, After he had this great practice already, I saw Sean Jefferson. I saw the wide receivers coach, Sean Jefferson, wave him over. Wave him over, and man, he was was nodding his head, and he was giving him some juice. Giving Andy Isabella some juice, Paulie. And I think it's been a long time since he's gotten that kind of recognition from a wide receiver coach. And he has spoken pretty honestly, in fact, on this show before, about his confidence level. And... You know, it's 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 been at a high rate. It's been at a low rate. I mean, it's been an issue. His confidence level. So JJ Watt talks about every single player is different. You got to know the player, and that's what Sean Jefferson was probably doing right there. I would guess that's a great observation. Yes. No. You mentioned his spot on the depth chart. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury was asked because they're similar in stature and speed. If Rondell Moore and Andy Isabella are fighting for the same spot on the roster, coach. I don't think at that position you can have enough speed. You know, Andy's a guy who really majored in playing outside in college, can play inside as well. And, and the Rondell is pretty much the opposite. Like, he's more of an inside guy, punt returner, kick returner, trick play guy, get the ball to him in space as many ways as you can. And, and so I, I, I don't think that they're vying for the same roster spot. It's pretty interesting right there. And Rondell Moore, yeah. I would anticipate, has a real good shot at being your punt returner. And as you mentioned, Andy Isabella is getting a run as the kick returner. So think about it, Paul. You got D-Hop, of course. You've got got A.J. Green, you've got Christian Kirk, you've got Rondell Moore, and you've got Andy Isabella. There are, there are your five right there, right? Maybe Keyshawn Johnson is your six wide receiver. I don't know, Paulie, but to me, Andy Isabella, if in fact he can be good on the kickoff return, can return uh, those kickoffs for you, that is going to help him make this team. But what's more fascinating to me is when you go 12 personnel. What two wide receivers do you run out there? When you go one back, two tight ends, what two wide receivers are you going to run out there? You have to remember, 11 personnel, that's three wide receivers. That's the Arizona Cardinals' base personnel package and rundown situation. That's what it was last year, at least. Um, Rundown, first and 10, second and one to six. Now you're going to see a lot more 12 personnel. I believe that. What two? What two? Wide receivers, will you run out? You're going to have a host of different personnel groups because sometimes I would imagine you want it to be DeAndre Hopkins with A.J. Green. Sure. Sometimes you want it to be DeAndre Hopkins with Rondale Moore. DeAndre Hopkins with maybe Andy Isabella. Who knows what the personnel package is going to be, but it's fascinating to me that they've got some some guys they feel really good about, and where are they going to put these guys in what personnel packages? 
look, you put a guy out there who runs a four two nine, it right. immediately gets the attention of the defense. Right. They, they they immediately adjust, at least in their mind they're accounting for it. And, and Rondell Moore was asked about the speed of the game and, and you know what? He had a interesting answer. It wasn't necessarily measured in terms of a forty. Here's what he said. I just think it can become overwhelming. Holes get a lot smaller. Those windows condense. People, you know, understand what's going on. So I think for me, just capitalizing um, on understanding leverages has helped the game slow down for me. And then, like I said, just staying in the playbook has helped tremendously. Uh, just asking as many questions as I can and, um, you know, just never being afraid to be the guy who asks me questions. Paulie, how long did it take him to graduate, by the way? This is Rondell Moore. How, how long was that, Paul? You know what? Three years? Three years. <laughs> Three years, as a matter of fact, Paulie. Ah. Man, I'll tell you, I, I don't know about you, Paul, but it, 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 the three years, that's pretty good. This guy is sharp. I mean, look, Purdue isn't exactly Stanford, but it's a pretty top-notch <laughs> school. And and he's already into financial literacy. He's already planning his investments. Uh, he just bought his mom a house, by the way. I know, I mean, Paulie. You want props. How about Rondell Moore buying his mom a house? He had yet to give her the keys and he, or even let her know, and he told all of us in the press conference, and he, he was trusting the media to keep his secret because he needed to call mom and figure out the best way to present her with her brand new house. Yeah, you know what? He he's His mom is such a big part of his life. If you listen to him talk, Paulie, the other day about that, man, it was just so interesting and fascinating, and he's motivated by that, Paul. And you know I've talked about this for a long time. Be internally motivated, not externally motivated. That external right. motivation will leave you from time to time. Be internally motivated. I don't know how much more internal you could get when you talk about your mom. Maybe the nickname I'm going to bestow upon Rondell oh, no. Moore will motivate him. Are you ready for this? Okay. Okay. Uh, envelope, please, over here. Quadzilla. Have you seen his legs? Have you seen his legs? I ripped this off right out of the weight room, okay? okay. The power lifters, uh, they use Quadzilla just based on the size of his thighs and his legs. Oh, Quadzilla, Paul. He's 5'8". He's he's, well, can't be Godzilla. Quadzilla with the legs. Okay, the quad. I, I get it. Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert continues. It's a run play, right side, big hole, Edmonds, 25-20, 10-5, touchdown. The inside zone being run, and Chase Edmonds found the hole, and to the house, baby. Gives it to Connor, sweeps the left side, got a block at the 10, Connor to the 5, Connor to the goal line, and in for the touchdown, James Connor. Explosive, just the weapons that we have, Chase doing his thing already, and so, you know, watching film, I'm like, man, this dude, he can, he can ball, and I want to... You know, learn from him, be a part of it, get to work with him. You know, ain't no telling. I can't predict nothing, but I know what I can guarantee is I'm going to come in here and work day in and day out, put my head down and grind, and, you know, I'm in it for the long haul. So, 17-game season, I'm looking forward to it. That is James Conner talking mm. about the potential of the Arizona Cardinals offense. And you know how it works at Cardinals Camp Wolf. You're looking at the rookies and some of the newcomers and maybe some of the guys off the radar and, and it can be easy to bury the lead sometimes. And I was standing there today with a guy who's now famous for his Pash Pod, Dave Pash, oh, yes, voice Dave. of the Arizona Cardinals. My goodness. As we wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. And Dave paused and he said, and I was waiting for what was going to come out next. And he said, you know what? Chase Edmonds is having a really good camp. And, and for all the speculation that's out there to perhaps a time time sign between now and the opener towards the end of camp, and maybe there's a tight end that might be coming, or 
or maybe just maybe a veteran running back if someone hits the market. I'll tell you what, based on what we have seen out of Chase Edmonds in camp, he does look equipped to be an every down sort of back you can feed through an entire game and then supplement him with a James Conner. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, Polly, you know, once again, Chase Edmonds plays the game the way the game of football is supposed to be played. He is a football player through and through. He just happens to play running back for the Arizona Cardinals. You could put him anywhere, and that guy is a football player. He's going to fight you to the ground with blood under his nails. Having said that, I just wonder if he's going to be able to hold up, if, in fact, you're going to use him in all situations, a three-down back, a run-down situation, if you're going to use him a lot in blitz pickup as well. I just wonder if he's going to be able to hold up. He's not the biggest guy in the shed, not, not the strongest guy, but... But once again, it's more about mama and papa than it is anything else at that point in time. But for me, Paul, I think a combination of James Conner and Chase Edmonds is the way the Arizona Cardinals need to go and mix it up. Sometimes you put James Conner in when it's third and obvious pass situations. You don't make Chase Edmonds just a third down back. He needs to be in rundown situations as well. I think they need to mix and match those two guys in different situations. And some people have the opinion maybe Chase Edmonds is your guy between the 20s. And then all of a sudden you get in the red zone and you want more of a power back. Perhaps maybe it's a James Conner, although Chase Edmonds is a great receiving option out of the backfield. Maybe James Conner is especially effective in that fourth quarter. You know, you're in a four-minute offense and you're trying to run down the clock and seal a win. So that was part of the question today to Cliff Kingsbury just on how he might use this one-two punch at running back. We expect both guys to, to share the load for the most part. You know, Chase, like I said, he can be an every-down guy, and so can James. And so we want to make sure when they do get their touches, we're getting them in situations they can be successful and, and be fresh and, and healthy. And then See you what he consider- said right there, Polly? He said, you know what, we want to get these guys in both situations. That's what I love. What he said right there is basically saying, hey, listen, we can play these guys in any down and distance, any personnel group, any situation. They're interchangeable. One guy has a different skill set than the other guy. But, yeah, we don't want to tip our hand as to what we're going to do based on which running back is in the game. And you know what? In the past, has he not said that he's going to go with the hot hand? So if there's a running back who's getting into a rhythm and, you know, and man, he's been really effective and he's seeing the defense well and he's finding holes and he's following his offensive lineman and he's setting up blocks, he'll he'll stick with that guy, whether it's a Chase Edmonds or a James Conner. Maybe the bigger question, and you've posed this throughout the entire offseason, is just what does the run game look like? Right. Forget about the running backs. What's the style of run game? Because as we all know, offensive line coach Sean Kugler was promoted in the offseason to run game coordinator, and Cliff Kingsbury was asked about Sean Kugler. He's been phenomenal in, in the run game, pass protections, all those things. Uh, and when you watch him coaching his meetings, he's one of the best presenters I've ever seen. So we really were just rewarding him for an incredible job that he's done um, since he's been here. What do you think, Wolf, a week yeah. and a half into camp? What is your opinion on what the run game will look like? Yeah, Paulie, you know what? It's going to be a mix. I think it's going to be a mix of the old and the new. They're going to move Kyler Murray around, I believe. You're going to see the shotgun. You're going to see different personnel groups. You're going to see the pistol. You're going to see Kyler Murray under center with a couple of tight ends out of 11 personnel, three wide receivers. You're going to see a mix and match of these things. But in order... In order for there to be a chi, Paul, which is the extraordinary, there's got to be a chung. There's got to be a base. 
The Arizona Cardinals need to find out what their base is. And you know what the great thing about your base is you don't care if the defense knows it's coming, Paulie. You don't care. Yeah, this is our base. This is what we do. We don't care if you know it's coming. We know it's coming. We don't care if you do because we're just going to line up and be better than you. They need to establish what that foundation is. They need to find their chung in this preseason going in, Polly, because then you can run the ball in a chi kind of way. I'll tell you what, Jonathan Ward, the backup running back, Eno oh, Benjamin, a, those guys have looked good in look camp, good, have they not? Paul. Eno got some first-team reps today. Yeah, Eno Benjamin. You know how I feel about Eno Benjamin, man. This guy was a Chase Edmonds clone. Yeah. Um, and Jonathan Ward, wow, he's had he's ripped off a couple of really nice long runs. It's interesting. How about any other off-the-radar guys that have caught your eye? How about Michael Dogby? The defensive lineman, I've heard a lot of good stuff about Michael Dogby and just the offseason he had. You know, Zach Allen said he trained with Michael Dogby and Lecky Fotu and Rashard Lawrence. Zach Allen saying how he dropped 6% body fat, but he bulked up to 285. So that was a heck of an offseason. Dogby has looked good. We mentioned the two running backs. I think Jace Whitaker, the uh, the yeah. unknown corner out of U of A, he's been making a few plays. Anyone else caught your eye? I think a lot of people are curious what you've seen I, so far. I, I'm sorry to say this, but... A.J. Green, and once again, I realize we're talking about a guy who should be in the Hall of Fame at some point in time, A.J. Green, but man, he looks so good before he missed the last couple of days, looks so different than what I expected, and so much faster, Uh, I can't stop talking about A.J. Green. Interesting. All right. Well, the Hall of Fame game is tonight. The Hall of Fame induction ceremony is this weekend. They put a time limit on the speeches, by the way. Six minutes at eight minutes. They start playing the Academy-style award music <laughs> to get you off. Do you – Wolf, I'm going to leave you with the Holy Cannoli stat. Oh, Do you know no. the two longest speeches? Brett Favre, 2016, 36 minutes. Not a surprise. Tony Gonzalez, 39 minutes in 2019. Big box of Kleenex. <laughs> That'll do it for the Big Red Rage. You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.